right, it is Monday, March 15th. Welcome, everyone, to Living Room Sports Talk. We got Kira McCauley, Zach Rothenberger, as you can see on the graphics. Look at this. We got the great Mark Farzetta joining us. Oh, this is this is very, very exciting stuff, folks. Um, and, Mark, it's funny. I, now, as I'm like, working through the production here, this is great. We, we got you. Finally, we got you. Oh, it's, I'm acting like finally, like, like that you've been denying us. This is great that finally we have a platform where we can have someone of your status on. We're so pumped to have you on. <laughs> oh, please. No, 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 let's call it what it is. Uh, you know, I, I said, sure, I'd love to come on with you. How about the, the Monday? And you're like, ooh, we have uh, Dr. John Giannini on. So, <laughs> sorry. Maybe another time. No, uh, in all honesty, it's, it's a pleasure. Gary, you and I used to work together years ago. Zach, it's great to meet you face-to-face uh, -face here, at least in the modern definition of the term face-to-face -face through Zoom. Uh, but uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on, and it is my honor. It is my honor, gentlemen. Thank you. Oh, my God. First of all, you're, you're acting like we worked here. I was an intern. I was the guy getting more coffee in the morning. <laughs> Nobody um, did it better, Kieran. Nobody sugar, did it sugar, better. Cream. And I have to add a fun little fact, too. So, Mark, you, you just mentioned how last week we had John Giannini on. That was the first time we hit, like, we're double booked. And I even said to Zach, I was like, we might come off as, like, somebody's here for a second because, like, we were double booked for a minute. This is cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, Mark. We're a little booked here, man. Can't do it. Uh, I don't know if you know we're kind of a big deal here. Uh, <laughs> But no, that, that's great. If, if you're going to be, if you're going to be told no for any reason, Captain John Giannini is a fine, he's a fine gentleman. I met him in Green Bay Airport randomly, but anyway, uh, just happened to bump into him. Uh, great guy, and uh, obviously, I'm sure you guys were uh, were killing it uh, with the with the good doctor. Well, and to to that point, you're killing it with your part, your podcast, the Farzi Show. Mark, we love it. It's on six to seven. Let me pull up the graphics real quick for everybody. Oh, thank um, you. So they can take a look at it. Oh my God, Mark, it, it is just how you want to start the morning. It is fantastic. <laughs> We've got the chat rolling in here. Everyone's saying Happy March, and then saying Hi to Mark. Um, Mark, so I guess just a backdrop. So, right, you you've worked so much in the Philadelphia, just in general, the journalism circuits. Whether it's Sunday football, and we'll get to all the all the questions, all the nitty gritty. Uh, WIP, uh, the Fanatic, right? NBC Sports Philly, uh, and now you have your own show, your own stream. And you were talking about when we, before we jumped on. Your numbers are incredible. You guys have been crushing it, and that's a testament to your incredible content. Uh, what's it like, you know, hosting your own show and just dominating like this? <laughs> Uh, well, the, the dominating part's really fun. Let me tell you about how I dominate. No, I, um, it's awesome. So, uh, when I got let go from the Fanatic, I got, um, got on the phone with my agent and, and he told me right out of the gate, which was awesome. Um, cause you guys know how it is. You're starting a podcast, you're starting a, a web show, whatever. It, it's like, you, you need sponsorship because you don't want to just be doing volunteer work essentially. And just, you know, it's a passion project, but you'd also like to be paid. Um, and he told me flat out, he goes, hey, look, there's three sponsors that want to work with you. They already reached out to me, so just let me know what you want to do next, whether that's a podcast or whatever it might be. And I was like, okay, so I knew right away that I would be paid to talk about sports again in the next you know, two months when my non-compete was going to be up. So that was fun. Um, I, I had no experience with podcasts, and I had no experience really with uh, web shows, strictly web shows. I did 700-level show for a while when I was at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Actually, then it was Comcast, and I was there while I flipped over to NBC Sports Philly. But that was also a TV show on Thursday nights, but that was a lot of fun to do, and I worked with some great people uh, behind the scenes there. I took over for John Gonzalez when he moved out to work with The Ringer, and I was in with his lovely wife, Colleen Wolf from the NFL Network. And um, Colleen, by the way, also a former intern at WIP. Yeah! And, yeah, yeah. And um, it, it, it just... Snowball, and I had a conversation with Mark Zumoff, the Sixers play-by-play -play announcer, obviously, and he was like, hey, man, you have a following, so if you want to leave the business, I understand, but if you want to stay in, people still want you to be a part of their daily routine, and I said, well, well, that's it right there. How do I do this? Have I already had sponsorship? What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? 
and where the vast majority of my 15-year career has been, with the exception of maybe three or four years, it's been in morning morning radio, morning drive. So I figured the best time to do it was an early 6 to 7 show, started out for an hour, see how it went before we expanded. And uh, it looks like we're going to be expanding, hopefully, in the next couple of months uh, to maybe a, a second hour, which a lot of people have been asking about, which has been great. But the, the views and people checking in and the social media presence, I give a lot of credit to my now business partner, Josh Weinfeld of uh, Buzz Sports and Entertainment, uh, who's done a phenomenal job with all of that promoting it, selling the show, uh, social media as well. And I am just blown away. And Jim Hyden's our producer. And we were just having a lot of fun. I, I thought to myself, if I could combine the fun I had doing 700-level show as well as doing a morning radio show and just kind of let it all out over a, you know, an hour and have a, a fun guest and, and do stuff with that, then I'd be a happy man. And so far, it has exceeded my wildest expectations. I did today, though, just have to explain to my dad the difference between a web show and a podcast. So <laughs> it was like, so how many people listen to your YouTube show? And I'm like, well, I don't know about the YouTube show, but it's a web show that people watch and we'll get like 200 views, whatever it might be on that. And then uh, maybe 30, 40,000 across the week through Twitter and all the social media platforms that we go out on combined. But it's been great. It's been awesome to answer the question, to, to, to run my own show again and kind of just be super selfish and do whatever the hell I want to do <laughs> while also trying to uh, give you know the, the viewer, as you know, or the listener, as you know, uh, what they might need to, before their day really starts. And I'm picturing that progressive commercial with the, oh, today with your parents, we're going to open a PDF. Like with that part <laughs> of the <laughs> Um, but let me ask you, so Mark, we've, we've had a report going back, you know, to WIP days, but for, for anyone that doesn't know you real well, you grinded to get to this point. I mean, you've worked, you've worked your ass off, yeah. right? You, you worked, you're intern at WIP, you worked at 97.5 The Fanatic, NBC Sports Philly, like, you've been around, and, and at that point you've worked in radio, you've done print, you've done uh, TV, what, I guess, it's by even Sunday Night Football, I love, that's one of those, you know, let me ask, let's start there for a second. That's, I think, a job, right? If someone looks you up, they might not know that one right out of the gate. Right, yeah. And, and do you mind talking a little bit about, like, what it was like working in the production side of Sunday Night Football for all those years, really when it took off, and now it's like, you know, it's the, the living room entertainment that everyone talks about now. Yeah, that was an 11-year run. I, I worked behind the scenes with, with um, NBC Sports maybe a year before I started at WIP. So I was even working with them for longer than I was at WIP. And I was still at Temple University. I was a senior. Uh, a buddy of mine, his cousin, worked for the Golf Channel. Anyway, he would work like arena football games for the Soul uh, behind the scenes for NBC. Then they were, then he would work for the NHL uh, on NBC. And I said, hey, man, if you ever need a guy, I'm here, whatever, so let me know. Sure enough, like a month later, they're like, hey, we need a guy to do a Philadelphia Soul game. Can you work the Philadelphia Soul game? I was like, yeah, man, I'm your, I'm your guy. So I, it started with uh working a philadelphia soul game and ended with me on the field in minnesota in minneapolis at u.s bank stadium with the eagles parading the super bowl trophy around um so it was one hell of a run as far as my job i went from a production runner which is the get the coffee guy right and uh yeah and then i went to um uh what, what, what did i do i worked on the replay team with sunday night football for 11 seasons and I also worked on their graphics team, well, in the graphics department, but I ran what's called, uh, affectionately referred to as the clicker in the business. And what that would do is allow Chris Collinsworth to break down the play before Al Michaels was done with the call. So it, essentially it's an instantaneous, instant replay machine. 
that has uh, four or five different camera angles on it, and I'm literally just replaying the previous play as Al Michaels is saying something along the lines of, and in for the touchdown is LaShawn McCoy on a 10-yard run. Eagles take the lead. By the time he's done that second part of the call, Chris Collinsworth has already seen the, the, the like five or six second play again that I have provided to the to the booth. I didn't work with Chris. I wasn't there sitting next to him explaining football to him or anything like that. I was just a guy in a truck just kind of controlling a feed so we could see how the tackle or the, the guard got off the line of scrimmage to make a block downfield or how the wide receiver got off the line of scrimmage. Uh, that was basically my job for 11 years on the Sunday Night Football team. So that's an incredible, you know, I swear, Mark, this is not scripted. I've always wondered, like, how do they know what, like, like when Troy Aikman says, oh, you can see the blitz fell apart at this point. I'm thinking, how does he know that so quickly? But the way you guys <laughs> made that production, so it was like, as that role, is that you deciding what Chris Collinsworth needs to see? Like, is he, like, is there chemistry with him eating the production team saying, like, these are the angles I'd like to look at? Like, how does that all come about? Because, I mean, that's like you said, it's all instantaneous. Uh, I, we would maybe have one or two conversations a year. And it was literally, it was like what he was looking for. And it's simple stuff because I'm, I look, I got the easiest job. Like on a production memo of 120 people, I was like number 118. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but I, you just, you pay attention to what he is looking for throughout a game. You have a conversation with him or two throughout the season. And really what will happen is the producer, Fred Gidelli, who is like an all-time boss you could ever have in the business, will we'll keep you honest as well and say, like, hey, look, look, make sure you're not cutting that too early. Make sure he sees the continuous, not just like the end of the fumble or, or the end of the play, but seeing like maybe a second or two afterwards as well to see what develops. Um, and that's basically what I did while I was working for Sunday Night Football. That, that, that's incredible. So you said you were on the field for the, for the Super Bowl in Minnesota, <laughs> is that right? Yes, I was. And that, that's a that's a crazy story, if, if you have a minute. Um, oh, my. We're here. <laughs> so my uh, production manager, not the producer, production manager, Tim DeKime, was one of the first guys I ever worked for at Sunday, Sunday, or NBC Sports. And they knew my Philadelphia connections. I had been out there all week working for NBC Sports Philadelphia, flew back to do Wing Bowl, and then flew back to Minnesota, <laughs> yeah, to do the Super Bowl. And I was like, hey, just my, my credential has field access after the game, right? Because every Super Bowl I worked, I was on the field after the game. So I just want to make sure I have that same status. And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 you're taking care of no big deal. And I was like, okay, if the Eagles win this, if I'm not on Broad Street, I got to be on the field. So I had pre-game access, it turned out, but I didn't have post-game access. Oh, my oh, God. So I texted my, my production manager and I said, Tim, is there, if, there's, if there's any field access passes available, let me know. When it was looking like the Eagles, I think it was right around when Brandon Graham strip-sacked uh, Tom Brady. I picked up my phone. We went to commercial, picked up my phone, texted my boss. I was like, dude, come on. What the hell? What's going on? And he goes, uh, sorry, we don't have anything for you. Maybe five minutes later, in real time, I get a text saying, hey, come to the truck. We think we have a way to get you on the field. I said, you're damn right you do. So I run off the truck. And how it works is the Super Bowl. And I'll use my uh, phone as a credential. Um, how it works in the Super Bowl is you have, you know, your credential, your face, and, and, and it has different stamps to show you what kind of access. But this Super Bowl was different in that they physically had scanners, like uh, kiosks, where you scan your credential and it comes up green with your face, go. Or it comes up bright freaking red like you're trying to steal a nuke and it says, no, not allowed on the football field. So I went on with, uh, I went to the, towards the field. There's a line of people, line of security guards right by that, that kiosk. Uh, my boss scanned her credential, and it came up green. 
walked by security. I scanned mine, came bright red, do not allow, not no access, access denied, stop this guy, tackle him, basically is what it said. <laughs> and I just kept following my boss and nobody stopped me. And then there was another line of people, because you know they're bookending the tunnel, another line of people. You gotta scan again. I scan again, same thing, and I just keep following my boss. Next thing I know, I am right on the football field, right in front of the stage, right in front of the podium, the platform, and they are just bringing the Lombardi Trophy through. And Bo Allen was the guy that was, like, directly in front of me, old defensive tackle for the Eagles. Uh, his nickname at Wisconsin, I believe, was Fat Thor. And he's standing there, and the, the trophy starts to come by, and I'm just amazed by it. And then I see Kevin Hart trying to get on stage, and we all know how that ended. Uh, I see um, Nick Foles is, is patting Carson Wentz on the shoulder, and he's holding the Lombardi Trophy, and he's saying to like Carson Wentz, like, "Hey, you'll get you, you you'll do this too, or whatever." Um, I don't, that's not a quote. That's what I think he said. Let's not say what a world we're living in. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and it was just the most amazing thing. And then I got to interview some players afterwards, and um, it was. Just, I remember Kenyon Barner. I went up and talked to him and he just started crying. Like, I don't know if it, if me asking him about the Super Bowl triggered it for him, but he just started crying. I'll never forget that. And like, I know he's not a big name, but still he was on the Super Bowl team. Uh, Tim Jernigan was, was just yeah. over the moon. I talked to him uh, and just some, some wild stuff. And one of the things that's really been beating around in my brain recently was um, uh, what was his name? The long haired special teamer from Seattle, Brayman. Brian Brayman? I remember I you were talking about. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember him grabbing Howie Roseman and saying, I told you. I told you. Thank you. I love you, man. And then they hugged. And I was like, I might be the only person to witness something like this. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was an incredible And it's so experience. raw, too. I mean, like, what you're seeing, it's the stuff that people want to see as fans that, like, they never, you know, really know if it's real or not. Yeah, I did talk to Carson Woods. He didn't want to talk to me. Uh, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> so, was, were you able to enjoy the Super Bowl from from like from the trailer, like, or is you're too focused on work? Like, I mean, uh. so uh, I basically pushed pushed three buttons for three and a half hours or two and a half hours. That was like my job. <laughs> so there were two other people on the on the truck with me that were from the Philly area, and you know, you go through this whole season with these people. So you know their allegiances, and they, they know what gets you excited, and, and they obviously know what got me excited was watching the Eagles win uh, whenever we had a game. You have time for little reactions. And I believe it was when Corey Clement scored the touchdown before Zach, yeah, Zach Ertz was a game one. So I remember my buddy Brownie, Kevin Brown, who works in the broadcast, is a Philadelphia area guy, great dude. And he turns around, and I remember he's like, that's totally a catch, right? And I was like, I don't know. Who knows these rules? And, like, that was the – that was the uh, the the, uh, the exchange. So we're excited. We're showing our emotion over that. Um, Philly special happened, and it was so. How it worked was Kevin was working in front of me, and then we had another guy, uh, Jake, that worked through another pod on the truck in the other area. So if I leaned back, he and I could see each other. So it was just funny how many times we were like, "Oh my god!" Like just kind of like like that, um, and it was my like. One person used to have like a lot of like we don't go overboard with it. One person went a little overboard with it and had some a little too much team paraphernalia on the truck, I'll say. And they were asked through the, the bosses, hey, would you mind taking that down? We got to, you know, when people come and tour the truck, we don't want to look like we're pro anybody. 
but there's people from all over the place, New York, Philly, um, uh, L.A., like a lot of people with different allegiances. But we were always allowed to kind of like they always wanted to keep it a fun atmosphere. It was supposed to be a fun job. So everyone's concentrated on their job. But at the same time, you can't help the reaction you were born and raised with. So there you go. Well, it's funny you say it because it's fun fact. I it, this jogged my memory as we're jumping on. You probably remember this at all. You actually helped me out. I became a runner my senior year of college for the NHL and NBC. So Natalie Eganoff calls me. When, I was it's funny. I was Lou this like this week seven years ago. Because I remember it was, it was like St. Patrick's Day week and the Flyers were playing the Blackhawks. And she called me and said, "Hey, you doing it? Like you have classes today?" And I was like, "No." She's like, "Well, like Mark Farzetta like put me in touch with like the NHL and NBC and like gave this opportunity like production running." And they're actually like someone called out, so like we need someone. Like, can you, you want to do it? And I was like, "Yeah, I'm in." So I have all these stories from doing it three different times. It was like the coolest experience, like picking up Doc at the end of the airport and then just <laughs> talking to him at Old Check. Pierre McGuire, by the way. Is there ever a guy I was ever wrong about before? But anyway, I have basically, as you can see, I have a million stories off of like three days of doing right. it. Like you did this for like a decade, like you were saying, just working with all these guys. Like what's just in general, all your experience, what would you say? And I know it's like asking how many rocks there are, but what would you say is the coolest experience you've, you've gone throughout all of these, you know, like a story that maybe no one would ever know about? Uh, Super Bowl aside, obviously, uh, I really loved working with Bob Costas and I got to work with him in more than a like production assistant capacity. I was a stage manager for him as well. And I grew up idolizing Bob Costas and just loving his delivery. And sometimes, you know, in this business, especially when you're reporting or talking about a team you grew up rooting for, your passion can take over and you might talk too fast and you might get a little crazy. If I'm doing that and I, I start to go fast, sometimes you'll notice I'll, I might start to slow down. That's because Costas has run through my mind thinking, all right, slow it down. You have to deliver the news to the people. Like that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and that's all Costas. That's stuff that um, certainly I picked up by getting to watch him, not just on TV, but getting to watch him standing next to him. And one of my favorite stories involving Bob, <laughs> Bob, uh, we, we have a texting relationship, so we're cool. Uh, good old Bobby. Uh we were at the Belmont Stakes, I want to say it was 2012, and he's in New York, so it's his you know, hometown, essentially, and his adopted hometown is St. Louis, but his hometown is New York, and he goes up at the finish line at the platform where he's going to get, where he's going to interview the winner and the owners and everybody, and right before the race, the entire crowd starts chanting, Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. And he just looks at me and he goes, watch this. And he goes over there and he, all he did was just throw in his hands like he was embracing the crowd. And the place went nuts. Like you would have thought, <laughs> you would have thought Aaron Judge, Grand Slam, home run, bottom of the ninth World Series to win the game. Like that's how excited they were to see Bob Costas. There's a guy waving a pounder of Coors Light at Bob. And Bob signals to him, like, yeah, throw that bad boy over here. Bob cracks open a Coors Light. The whole thing explodes. I have no idea how he didn't get a single solitary drop on him, but he did it. <laughs> he took a sip, and he just cheers the crowd, and then he, he put it down. And the place just went bonkers. And I we were, we were 30 seconds from going live on, on air at that point, and I just lean in and say, hey, Bob, we're coming back in 30 seconds, so you want to sober up and do this hit? And he just thought that was the funniest thing. And we had a big <laughs> And... Um, He's just, he's a great guy. We'll talk your ear off about baseball. Loves the game. Loved working behind the scenes with him. He's been so good to me in my career. He's come on the radio when I've been on the radio. Uh, I'll eventually get him on my show. And 
just a great guy. His, his wife, Jill's a sweetheart. His son, Keith. I actually just bumped into him maybe a couple of weeks before lockdown. He was at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what he was. He said he was working on something. So I don't think he wanted to be too specific with me. But uh, just having to bump in with him and his son, Keith, and I caught up briefly with him. And um, just a great guy and really enjoyed working behind the scenes with him. Oh, that's incredible. Oh, my God. Well, Edward, I feel bad. I know you're jumping on another podcast, right, 730, I think? Yeah, I got, I got, I got some minutes, yeah. All right, I was going to say, so so real quick, and we're joined by Mark Farzetta of The Farsi Show. It's, I was about to say, like, WIP, 97.5, like, WC Philly. <laughs> there we go. So um, real quick, let me ask you, to, to get back, it's funny, we got the chat cooking with everyone. It's our, our one buddy, uh, Chad, who co-hosts with us. He missed it tonight because he's driving back from New York for work. And, yeah, yeah that, not only are you missing talking to Mark Farzetta, Mark, you're losing, you're in New York traffic. Like, that wow. sucks. Like, that's really not good. <laughs> Shouldn't have got out of bed this morning, bro. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, let me ask you. So, you know, let's go NFL free agency. It's funny, we can talk March Madness real quick, but I feel like NFL free agency has been something that is just cooking in this town, right? With when Carson Wentz obviously was traded, you know, now people want to know what's going to happen with Zach Ertz. Like, what's just your general pulse on what the Eagles are doing this offseason and, and just, you know, just, I guess, in the NFL landscape in general, the salary cap dropping and all that? Well, it's funny you use the term free agency, and I know what you mean. It's been a wild offseason. For the Eagles, yeah. free agency, not so much. I mean, the restructuring with Brandon Graham, which is good. He'll be here for another two years. Love seeing that, and it's good to have him around here. Um, plus, I think he still has stuff left in the tank. It's not just an emotional thing, so that's good. Uh, but the number one goal of the offseason has been decreasing the cap hit and, and getting as under the cap, as close to under the cap as you can. And that's what Howie Roseman has been doing, and he's been doing, at that at least, since the Carson Wentz trade in a $33 million cap hit, after that, he's been doing a good job of doing what he has done well really throughout his career, which is make sure he's managing the money well. And you always got to keep in mind the one compliment Chip Kelly actually gave to Howie Roseman was that he was a great cap guy. So right now, that's what Howie Roseman's doing. As far as acquisition, as far as acquiring talent and all that, I don't really see the Eagles doing anything noteworthy. I know they were tied to John Johnson. It looks like he's going to – I forget where he's going. In the flurry of the Browns. Today. In the Browns. That's yeah, that's the Browns, yeah. Yeah. So he's going to the Browns. Uh, you see Jalen Mills is no longer here. He's going to the Patriots. Old school Nelson Aguilar. Old school. Nelson Aguilar leaving the Raiders <laughs> to go to New England. Like, there's been – Yannick Ngakwe going to the Ravens. Like, there's been a lot of moves today. And the biggest news for the Eagles so far right now is that maybe they're interested in Jacoby Brissett, as Adam Kaplan mentioned with Inside the Birds. Uh, I, I, they fine. Gets a, I always think if you're a new head coach and you're an offensive coach, get a quarterback that knows your system, your terminology, and your own style – and that'll help with a guy like Jalen Hurts at the same time. So I'm fine with that. But I, the the big splashes at the and, and yes, Zach Hurts is as good as gone as far as I, as far as I'm concerned. And <laughs> that sucks to say, but he's not coming back. Um, right now, the Eagles are in a holding pattern. I think what, right now they're being offered a fourth round pick. They're holding to the last possible second to see if they can get a third round pick or maybe at least a conditional fourth that could be moved up to a third. So that's where I think they're at right now. In terms of other acquisitions, this is where we all, all cross our fingers, grit our teeth and hope that Howie doesn't suck at drafting. If any year he's not going to suck at drafting, please, dear Lord, baby Jesus, don't be bad at drafting this year. This is the year <laughs> you have to knock it out of the park. This is the year you got to make sure you get an impactful player. you got to make sure you get somebody that's going to make Jalen Hurts look good. Uh, you got to get – I think Kyle Pitts is the guy. I, I love, love hearing all the praise from uh, Daniel Jeremiah last week about Kyle Pitts. I'm all about him. If you can, if you can get a weapon for Jalen Hurts to make him feel comfortable – Go out there and get 
And I think he'll probably be available, what is it, at six, right? For you guys this year. So, I mean, a lot of people have him going, I'm a, I'm a Giants fan, Mark, I'm sorry. So, a lot of people have him going <laughs> at 11 or even past. So, I mean, if you don't get him, there's three other very uh, very accoladed uh, receivers I could think of for you guys, too. Gotcha. So. No, no, no. I, see, that's the thing. I just want them to get a weapon. I feel like there's three guys in Pitts and Waddle, uh, really four guys, Smith and um, uh, Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. That are right there. That are that are, somebody's going to be there. One of those guys is going to be there. I think all those guys can have an impact at the NFL level right out of the gate. Maybe not Justin Jefferson level, as that was off the charts. And by the way, I was with Daniel Jeremiah last year. I before I even knew he was on it. So as far as I'm concerned, he was with me. I wanted uh, Justin Jefferson over, over Jalen Rager. <laughs> so just copy and paste whatever Daniel Jeremiah wants you to do. Co- Kyle, copy and paste it, and then just do that. If you're Howie Roseman, <laughs> it's like getting the cliff notes of the draft. Just do that. Oh my God! Well, it's that point, Jenny cheat sheet for uh, for March Madness for us. Cheat sheet? <laughs> no, I was reminded maybe two weeks ago that a college basketball season was 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 going on. Uh, but no, I will say in the in the last couple of weeks, I've done some writing uh, for the NCAA tournament, and I, uh, I I really like Illinois. And I know they're a one seed. I know that's boring. I know that's chalk. I actually like Gonzaga this year. I feel like Gonzaga is the most complete they've ever been. And I, look, they're an undefeated team, but. Like, when you talk about even the days of, like, Adam Morrison, like, right? Like, I feel like right now they are a more complete team than what we have seen in years past with Gonzaga. So this might actually be a year where they're for real. Um, I really like Illinois, though, overall. And, yes, they're a one seed, and so is Gonzaga. But you talk about a team that has a great one-two punch. Uh, what's uh, Okafai Cockburn? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Io, whatever his name is, whatever. He's great, too. Uh, those guys, I see either Gonzaga or Illinois making the deep run. And those are the teams that I think are – those are the teams that are my favorites in this version of the NCAA tournament. So that's, that's who I had in my final – look at this. All right, yeah, I'm loving this. Hey, Mark, look at those brilliant people. Pick up where we left off. <laughs> yeah, right. Right? <laughs> well, so well, we know you got to get out of here. So real quick, before we let you go, how is the best way for folks to listen to the Farsi show? Uh, just come to the studio. It's fine. Just wear a mask. And, uh, uh, no, uh, so I'm on YouTube, Twitch, social media platforms. I'm not on OnlyFans. Sorry, we're working on that one. Uh, and uh, not on Parlor. Uh, but uh, all social media platforms and YouTube and Twitch. And I stream it on my Twitter through Periscope. And people can check it out there at Mark Farzetta, at Farzy Show. And it's spelled right there over my shoulder. And, um, yeah, you can just check it out right there. All social media platforms, YouTube and Twitch. Awesome. Well, Mark, we really appreciate you jumping on and spending a half hour with us. This is a, this is a buzz. We got to get you back on here again. This is a, so, oh, yeah. yeah Last time we'll go. Yeah. Long ago, John Giannini on. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, next time you don't, next time we'll have him come on. We'll talk about fly fishing. We'll do the whole, we'll do the whole get up. Like, he told us that story on the show. And it's funny. I'll even just add a real fast story for you. So I never told anyone this when I interned at 94 one. I didn't want people to realize that like, Oh, he's not an Eagles fan. Like he just doesn't get sports and they kind of get pushed to the side. So the minute I stepped in there, it was like, you're an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. I'm actually a diehard Packers fan. I even got the Aaron Jones jersey ready to celebrate it you know, oh, later look on today. Look so I was dying. It's funny how John Genie's fishing in Green Bay. You're talking about being up there. I was the one lying for four years in my college career about, you know, <laughs> which team I like rooting for. <laughs> well, it's funny because once I started posting all the stuff on my Twitter about the Packers, I was like, well, the cat's out of the bag now. But, uh, you know, but yeah. <laughs> Hit me up anytime. Yeah, there's a little confession for you. Yeah, no worries, man. No worries at all. Zero judgment. Zero judgment. Right. <laughs> awesome, Mark. We want to thank you for jumping on. And yeah, so we'll, we'll catch you again. We got. We'll we'll have. 
one, you know, one day we're going to get this big enough and we'll come on your show. But in the meantime, we'll have you back on here before. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, anytime. Awesome. Guys, hit me up. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Zach, Kieran, Kieran, good seeing you again. Zach, my pleasure. Have a great one, guys. Thanks so yeah. much. I thank you to your awesome audience and your commenters and all that stuff. Oh, and they love you. They, I mean, it, our chat was blowing up tonight. So, and we'll we'll shoot you all the cool highlights over later. Yeah, yeah, please, just compliments. Just send compliments my way. Bye. We're, we're getting. You know, we're working on interns. One day, I'm going to get someone to cut the highlights up and do what we did back in the day. <laughs> of course, of course. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate. Oh, so yeah, see you, Mark. See you guys. Oh, that was a lot. Of, that was a blast. I have oh, Mark yeah. on, and and you know, just breaking all that down. And, and Zach, it's funny. I you know. I always wanted to get that Packers story off my chest. I, I literally hid in fear over there when I interned because I was just like, not because of Mark, and, and really not because of anyone I worked with, but just I was always fearful that, like, you know, I'd be exposed to being a fraud. But I, well, it's funny because the other kid was a Jets fan, and he got kicked off the first week of in. Now, great, he was not because he was a Jets fan. It was just... <laughs> Didn't set the tone right though. <laughs> no, it didn't. No, I remember he asked Angelo before one of our shows, like you know, like oh, you like you, you gonna watch the Jets this weekend? This guy's there. I'm thinking like, oh my god, bro, this guy doesn't even like he's never listened to WIP. He's asking the host if he's watching the Jets this weekend. It was Ooh. unbelievable. So I, I should ask Mark about that kid next time. But that was awesome to have Mark on. And and it's funny, Zach. I feel like it's like the part, like it's almost like Thanksgiving or Christmas when like your your family and everyone leaves. And it's like it was an awesome day and like everyone was over and stuff was going on and then like. It's like, bye, like you're waving, everyone leaves, and it's like the door shuts. It's just kind of like, oh, it's just us now, huh? Like, yeah, how's it going, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 8.30 game is about to kick off, and no one really cares. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right. And, dude, yeah. it's been a minute since you and I just did a show together. I know, it has. It's been a while. I know, and, and Mark, thankfully, took us, you know, got, got the first half of it rolling and going for us. Um, it's that point. Let's jump into it. So, we know Selection Sunday was yesterday, Zach. Do you want to do a little little clickbait before? Well, you know, I'm yawning here. By the way, dude, how much of a struggle has it been? Daylight savings time today? It sucks. I get it. I'm getting up out of bed like 30 minutes later than, than usual. My my dogs are feeling it too because Ozzy really? usually sleeps with me. And this morning, like, he was even – like, he's usually he's – usually, he gets up, and uh, he was tired this, this morning too. So it's affecting everyone. It, it's dude, it's so bad, it, and it's funny because I like was falling asleep in the shower <laughs> um, this morning. Yeah, it's hard. Well, you know, at that point, I, I feel like the one thing it doesn't rest though is the clickbait. So should we do a little bit? So I like this little, little seven thirty four clickbait. We're mixing it up about thirty minutes normally after we do it. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. The clickbait never sleeps, so no. it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But uh, with all the free agent news flying around, there was something, you know, I forget which circuit it was exactly, but saying Gronk, Gronk wants to be back with the Bucks, but he plans to see what's out there. I mean, like, really? You just want a Super Bowl. Everyone's restructuring their their contracts so they can stay on the team. You never played with anyone but Tom Brady. So call, kind of calling your bluff here, Gronk. So, yeah, that's it's I funny. I, I look at this, Zach. It's almost like, you know, the father who's married that has like six daughters. Like, they've been married, like, him and his wife have been married for like 40 years. Yeah, he got signed mid show, says Chad. <laughs> What's that? Chad said he got signed mid show. He really? <laughs> yeah. No way. Wow, there we go. Stay <laughs> free agency. Never sleeps. Just like the click. It never right? sleeps. Um, but it's, well, it's funny too. Um, wait, wait, obviously, the box, right? I, I would assume so. If this, oh man, dude, if, if it's not, I would just. I think it did, my phone would have blown up. I got to look now. We got to check. We got to check. 
Real checking, real reporting. Yeah, he's returning to Tampa Bay. Oh, what a shock. Well, I was going to say, it's like that, to get back to my goofy analogy, I was saying, it's like, it's like the father, you know, is happily been married for 40 years, has like six daughters, and like they're out to like dinner or whatever, and like the cute waitress is like tanning the specials, and like the dad's just being kind of funny and blushing a little bit, and the girl's like, Dad, are you blushing? And he's like, nah, like, and everyone's like, come on. Like, it's like, none of it's action, none of it's real. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, that's. Like there's no actual flirting going on. There's none of that. Like, right, like no infidelity. It's it, and this is like the same thing. Like, he's not leaving Brady's side. No. You kidding me? He's like a shadow. Yeah, he'd be stupid to do that. Yeah, no. So, um, well, I bet you I can top my mine's pretty bad too. If you want. <laughs> um, thank God Chad's got covered on the box thing too. Right? It's I, yeah. How, I it's it it's like uh, well, you know, he's gonna have a good good say on this one. First of all, I couldn't believe someone actually asked. Like where I don't know who asked this or why I didn't click on it is like sometimes I'll actually click on it just to try to help everyone out and, and give a you know synopsis on why it was such a bad idea to click on it. But this was one of those that you just didn't even have to do it. Um I I don't care if Ben Simmons misses Carson Wentz, doesn't miss him. Really, you know, it's not really my prerogative, really no one's prerogative. So um, yeah. There's my little uh there you go. I mean, I'm not, 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 not a lot to say on that one, Zach, but you know. Yeah, no, I mean two different two, two different sports. You know, I understand same city, but it's at this point in time they gotta just drop the ones talk. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 not good. So you know what? To that point, let's get a little college basketball talk on it to clean up that clickbait. Let's let's jump in. So selection Sunday was yesterday. Yeah, I was like, it's kind of fun. And we had Ryan in the chat earlier. We had Trust talking uh, some hoops um, and to, to chat up with those guys. Yeah, so I know everyone's been signing up for a bracket. We'll, we'll go through all that um, at the end of the show. By the way. Kudos to those guys, too, for hyping up the bracket. Chad, oh, Ryan, yeah. Trust. I mean, those guys have been championing our bracket and stuff. I, I hope they, I hope them win. <laughs> oh, no, um, me too. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, at that point, so the bracket dropped last night. Little unorthodox, right? It's all in Indianapolis. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like I've asked this question like nine different ways in the last month. Like, what do you guys think about Orange Madness this year? But <laughs> I, I guess kind of now – the bracket's out. Like, you, you looked at it. It's almost <laughs> like, here's the study guide from the teacher. Like, what do you think of the test coming up? Well, it's always, you know, this type of test is always exciting, I feel like, because there's a bunch of different strategies that you can really, that you can roll out when you're filling out your bracket, which, a little teaser, Karen, I'm actually going to roll out an article saying how you can win your March Madness bracket without knowing oh, now we're how much college basketball. Anyway, so, no, I, it, it's it's cool, right? Because, like, this is such a rare, and it's like a once once a year thing where it's like, all right, one and done, like survive in advance, and that whole deal. It's 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 really cool, and the fact that it's at Indianapolis this year, like I don't know if that's really going to be that much of a curveball because um, they've kind of been adjusting to these situations all season as it is. But you know, when you break down some of these these regions, I feel like there's some that are, are a little stronger than others, you know, and, so, and some have a little more of a difficult path, if you will. And uh, I don't know, I think. I feel I kind of feel like Gonzaga got got a little got a good draw. I don't know if you if you looked in their region specifically. I was I, of course when the bracket drops, I go on our the the tur- tournament of champ or the tournament the ESPN app, and I'm like, all right, I'm doing my research. Click the eye and like look at click the, the eye. Like, yeah. That's almost my clickbait. I think in a sense, like, dude, I've done every metric to look at it, and it's just it doesn't like oh percentage that they went on neutral sides, percentage that they turned the ball over on like a Wednesday. It's just like it doesn't. Yeah, it, I don't think it. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, that, that doesn't really. I mean, it helps. Like, like it helps me. Like, someone who hasn't followed every team like that that re, that hard, you know, every year, it helps a little bit. But yeah, like some of those stats they pull out really don't really don't matter. Um, well, and I think it's funny too how 
you ever, you know, like in Willy Wonka, when the kid gets the candy bar, and I'm pretty sure if I don't remember the movie, the ins and outs, but does he like open one? He's like, damn it. Like he doesn't get it. But then like, it's just like that, like Hail Mary candy bar at the end that he gets the ticket. Right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Charlie, that is Charlie. Um, but this kind of feels like that in a sense, the first candy bar where he's like, Oh, giddy to like open it. There's nothing there. It's just like, and, you're, and that's how I feel with like this. Cause you think about it, right? Like you see every single, you know, bracket, they say like, Oh, you picked the perfect one. Like you never have to work another day in your life. And you kind of look at it. You're like, if I drag my pen the correct way, I don't have to work anymore. Like you can't help. It's like human to think about that. But then what I also think about is, and I wasn't maybe the best math student, but I always remember factorials. Do you remember those? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, so you remember like there was like the number with the exclamation point, like exclamation point, like next to it. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like basically, yeah. so like if you did like ten factorials, basically like, ten times nine times eight times seven. Like so basically you're taking ten times nine, yeah, ten yeah, times nine times. Yeah, right. Okay. I'm trying to forget those. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I'll never forget learning about them because like it was you know someone was breaking down like oh like if you need to do like the most not like possible outcomes and things like that. And I thought. I remember raising my hand. I was like, so like March Madness, you could do like 64, because at the time it was 64 teams. I was like, oh, so you basically do like 64 factorial. Because, right, like, technically everyone says you can fill out a bracket, but this puts it in perspective. Bring math to the show, Zach. 68 factorial. I can't even read this. So the number has approximately 15 zeros trailing it. Jesus. I'm like reading through all these like stats like a math person. Like it's like baseball or something. Um <laughs> The number of digits in 68 factorial is 97. Uh, and the factorial of 68 is calculated below. Okay, so like, all right, there you go. You see the graphic. But basically what I'm trying to do is put in perspective, like the, the calculator can't even like project like how many times you'd have to fill out a bracket to get the perfect one, which I guess I'm being negative. That was kind of my takeaway from Selection Sunday is always that I just look and I'm just like, well, okay, well, you can take all the ones were 16. That doesn't count, but it's like, well, yeah, it does. Like, because then you start filling it out, you're like, well, you never know. Like, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. No, that's true. However, I don't, I don't think I see a 16 beating one this year. <laughs> you never, it, well, the funny thing is, it's like, when are you actually going to expect it to happen? I feel like the only thing was before UMBC did it, it was like, oh, well, it's going to happen eventually. It's going to happen. It's this year. And that's like, what, that would be one of our talking points. So like, Zach, is this the year? Is this one of the one one? You know, but it's like, it's actually kind of nice not to have to worry about that. Um, but all that being said, let's let's dive into the, the tourney a little bit. I, I, there's some, I guess, wrinkle. I mean, do you want to talk about the playing games for a second before we talk like talk about sleepers and like all that? Like, you know, let me, let me spin it this way. Are there any sleepers or teams you like in those playing games that jump out to you at all? Well, Michigan State's in a playing game, and I and I feel like if there's any team who has you know the coaching experience and and the you know the history behind them, you know, regardless of what season they're having, I mean, Michigan State's a team to me that could. That could be dangerous, you know. Um, that's really the only one that kind of that stands out to me. Yeah, and that's gonna be a tough game too against UCLA, another strong team. So, I mean, the other ones are kind of to me really don't they don't do it for me. But I think Michigan State, if they come out of there, could could be a potential terror. And you're right. And Drake, I feel like is the one team everyone's kind of like bitching about that got in. Mm. I don't know why. You know, it's funny. I feel bad. My buddy Nick from Louisville is gonna hate me for saying this. I I don't get what the and not from him, but just in general, I just don't understand the whole crusade behind the Cardinals not getting in. I was like, I feel like every time I turned them on, Frank wasn't high on them before the season started. Like, I don't, right. And they gave her, I guess, and I'll even pull this up real quick. So there's the four replacement teams. Let's get that list up real quick. So I guess t- tomorrow being Tuesday, you know, if you listen to audio episodes, would be today. But, but on Tuesday, um, March 16th, that'll be the deadline with all the COVID testing and stuff. 
and they selected four backup teams, alternate teams, if you will, and they actually specified them in an order. So the first team to get in would be Louisville if there's a team that can't form in the tournament this upcoming weekend. Uh, number two is Colorado State. Number three is St. Louis. And number four is Ole Miss. So um, those are the four backup teams. Now, that being said, if no one withdraws, I think by, t- by, by Tuesday of the week, um, then they're all out of luck. But you know, that's just, I guess, a little wrinkle. And then you add that, Zach. Well, real quick, do you have any, any thoughts on those replacement teams? Not necessarily the teams, but I feel like if there's going to be a year for, like, to, you know, to not be totally upset if your team is a replacement team, I think this is the year. Like, how many – in the last, like, handful of days, how many teams or coaches or players have we seen that had to get held back from traveling because of protocol, things like that? I feel like there's, I feel like there's a lot of situations that are starting to arise, unfortunately. So – you never know what can happen. I mean, this is still a lingering version of 2020 here. So, it, it, anything can happen. Thinking the years 2020, to be honest. Well, and, and dude, no, look no further. You just you kind of set me up for it. Duke not making the tournament for the first time since '95. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say this is like the first time in our lifetime that Duke hasn't been in, but I guess since '95, right? We so, were three years old. Think about that. We we're three years old. I know it's it's crazy, and Kentucky's not not in it either. That's another big one. Oh, I know. It's it's unbelievable. And then, you know, you think about it, we talked about the Blue Bloods kind of struggling in general this year. Kansas being a three seed, that's a little bit out of the norm for them. Um, now, let's look at the game. So, you, you got some teams you like. Why don't I'm going to kind of spin it at you from a – I don't know if you have the schedule, so forgive me. If you don't, I can refer it for you. Um, any of the Friday games you like? Well, I don't, I don't have the schedule in front of me. No, you're good. You're good. So, yeah. I'll pull up. So, I'll run through it real quick for you. So – Hopefully, let's hear a couple names ding off. So, you know, yeah. we'll, I'll walk you through the the first half. We'll go up to, like, 4 o'clock. So, you got Florida and Virginia Tech, Arkansas, Colgate, Illinois, Drexel, Texas Tech, Utah State, Ohio State, Oral Roberts, Baylor, Hartford, Loyola, Chicago, Georgia Tech, Tennessee, Oregon State in that first way, first half or first quarter, if you will, of the, of the first round. Any Any teams in there that jump out that you like? I'm I'm pretty high in this is credits to your buddy Cole. I'm pretty high in Arkansas. Like I have so them, high. I have them making a a deep run this year. When There's I was like five before, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I I think Arkansas is a, is a tough team. Yeah, we all know they're tough, but I think they can make a serious run. And I think no, I I, it, I yeah, agree. And it, the only issue is their region, the south re- the south region. It's tough. I mean, they got Baylor, Nova, Purdue, Ohio State, like, and then you add Arkansas too. So that's the only scary thing. But I think they're good enough to, to get through it. Yeah, I, I think so. And I'm looking at Illinois. Obviously, is one seed I love a lot. I have a weird feeling Oral Roberts is going to give Ohio State a game. There's always there's always one one or two of those teams, man. It's there's always one, and it's funny. And I, it, I will add this: I think in that that little Friday grouping too, everyone's been trashing Utah State. I feel like they've been the ugly duckling that people don't want in. I don't know. I, I think they can play that just because of the Mountain West. I don't know. I think I, I think they I think they're going to be Texas Tech in that first round. It's possible. I mean, that's one of those things where they just they just play in a uh, you know a, a conference that's not as that we don't really get to see as much here in the East Coast. They're kind of out of sight, out of mind. It's similar to Gonzaga, except Gonzaga just wins every game. So then naturally they're in the national spotlight. So Yeah, and to that point, so I'll run through the rest of the um, the Friday games real quick. So 
Oklahoma State, Liberty, that's a tough one. Uh, UNC, Wisconsin, Houston, Cleveland State, Purdue, North Texas, Clemson, Rutgers. Shout out to Trust, by the way, Rutgers getting in. I, I got them going. You know, I got them beating Clemson. Um, San Diego State versus Syracuse, which that's like that wink-wink. Syracuse, like, close to being a toss-up pick-em game with Vegas, yeah. but I, I think San Diego State wins. But anyway, West Virginia, Moorhead State, and then uh, the one where everyone I feel like is really all over Winthrop. Villanova plays them because um, – uh, Gillespie's out. So, I, I, you know, I think um, I, I I look at this and it's just like there's not – like Houston didn't wow me. The, the Big 12, like, I, I don't know. Like, with Oklahoma State, that is. The Big the big, uh, the big big Ten is the same way with Wisconsin and Purdue. I don't really know. I mean, I, there's no – basically in that second wave of Friday's games, there's no one that really screams to me that they're going to win the national championship, which means that someone probably will. Um, but, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at with it. No, I agree. I, uh, you know, one one thing not to go off a bit with this year's bracket. I feel like this bracket's very like, blah. Like I don't really see too many crazy upsets. I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh, see, I'm picking crazy ones all over the place. Are you? Fun. Oh, yeah, you know what? You know, have some fun with it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we should I, do it on our Thursday. We'll release I, like some of our crazy picks. There you go. So. I have a little bit of a crazy one for you. It's a little, little crazy take. It's a Saturday game. That's perfect to set those ones up. Georgetown, Karen. No, you're on that bus too? It reminded me a lot of UConn from when we were in college, right? You're, you're right. You're but right. the problem uh, is, and, and I'm also teams. I'm also biased because I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of a George. I'm a Georgetown basketball fan. So, oh, are you? That's kind of fun. I mean, they're right out of the gate with Colorado. I know, that's I the only problem. Over. That's the problem. They're against Colorado right out of the gate. They didn't. They didn't get a favorable draw. But besides that, like something, something's telling me like hey, Georgetown resembles a little bit of UConn here. You know, I don't know, but. So let me ask you this. So I'm gonna I'll do the same thing. I walk you through the first half because yeah. there's a team I and I want to say that if they play each other, they would run in uh, run into each other in the second round. But so you're at Colorado, Georgetown's the first game. Then you got Florida this is on Saturday. Uh, and then you got Florida State playing UNC Greensboro, Kansas Eastern Washington, LSU St. Bonaventure, Michigan will play the winner of the Mount St. Mary's Texas Southern game. Uh, Creighton, UC Santa Barbara, Alabama, Iona, and I'll get to the rest of this sack. But I, basically, where I'm going with this, I think Florida State. Is that team that could cause some trouble? And I think they could beat Colorado or Georgetown. I'm, I'm let me pull up the bracket real quick. I think they're in there. Well, if I'm pull up like the tiny one, I'm gonna like try to look through the screen now and see. You said Florida State. Yeah, did they play? Would they play Colorado? The winner yeah, of the Colorado would, Georgetown game. State's a four seed, I believe, and they would play the winner of the five and twelve. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So. Yeah. Um, and to that point, was there any other teams in there? I, I, like, what are your thoughts on Michigan? Now, Livers is hurt. I mean, like, there's there's that obviously to factor in. I, I don't know if there's any other teams in there that you you know you feel like could make a deep run. Yeah, not not really. I mean, Michigan being the one seed, like they're you know obviously that injury hurts them, but I mean, it definitely would think they would make it to the Sweet Sixteen or worst case scenario, get bounced second round. But who would they play the winner of, of St. Bonaventure? Yes, who I actually have going to the Sweet Sixteen. I was gonna say, dude, the Bonnies, man, they they won their their conference. They're they're always that team that is like they're they're streaky and, and they get tough in the tournament. So that's like been historically that's how they are. I feel like so. I would not think got me hyped up with that one. Yeah, and nothing. They're the real deal. Yeah, nothing. Nothing would surprise me. So they won a pretty pretty fired up conference uh, tournament. I don't, or I don't know if you saw that or heard about that. They got a little scuffle at the end. 
No, I didn't. What happened? I think it was with, with was it with VCU? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Someone threw a ball. I'd say, I don't know. I did, I just, my, my alert blew up, and I was like, oh, the Bonnies. And I saw <laughs> that there was like a, a scuffle. So, uh, anyway, they're a team that could be scary. They're definitely at least, they're winning first round, in my opinion. That's a lock. So, take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. Oh, well, I will say, right. Karen, you know, you said you were taking all these, all the, um, the upsets to make it fun. Oh yeah, I got Eastern Washington beating Kansas. See, I feel like I feel like you gotta like when you're doing your brand. I'm not trying to say what to do, but just my opinion. I feel like you gotta like pick chalk almost a little bit in the beginning. But if you like really think there's gonna be an upset, then bet that. Like bet it. See, here's here, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you something about bracketology here. So I know exactly what you're saying, Zach. Yeah. I used to do that. My my philosophy was I'll be chalky. And then what will happen is, because basically my, my thought process was there will be upsets. I don't know what they'll be. And if I try picking them, I'll get that one wrong going for the upset. And then the one that was the upset, I'll get dinged again. So I might as well just get dinged half the, half the time. So like that was kind of my, my thought process. You got to go for it. Like that's kind of the thing I've noticed. Like, because it's just like, yeah, like when you do the chalk, it, it, it crumbles at some point. Then you don't have enough equity from like the upsets in the beginning rounds to kind of get you back. You almost gridlock yourself through like it. Basically you go chalk enough people are close to the chalk with you that like, you'll never actually like move around. Yeah. See, I don't know. I, I, have, a, I have a different, I have a different strategy, but it's all, it's all right. Should we hype the bracket up then? This is yeah. kind of fun. I Let's feel like, it. you know, oh, yeah. um, all right, real quick. Do you want to, I'll pull it up. You want to tell everyone uh, how they can get involved with this first ever sidetrack bracket. Yeah, the first ever free sidetracked bracket where all you have to do is go to our YouTube page, hit the subscribe button. And once you are subscribed, screenshot it and, you know, DM us, whether it's via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or, or you can email us. Uh, just the, the screenshot that shows that you subscribe and then we'll send you the link and the password and all that good stuff. And you join in and we have a ton of prizes. The winner of the bracket is going to get one, a $100 Amazon gift card. Uh, whoever has the most correct picks, which could be the winner, could, might not be the winner, gets a autographed uh, Bob Knight piece of memorabilia. Very cool little little piece there. Um, and I believe it's the top four, right, Kieran? Get get some sidetrack swag. Oh yeah. And so the top four get yeah. That. Yep. And then if whoever leads after each round, uh, will be getting ten dollars Amazon gift cards. So we're giving away quite a bit. A lot of good stuff. A lot of fun. Free to enter is the big thing. Just got to subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. That's all it is. It's just a little video right there for people. And guess what? Kieran, myself, and Chad, we're all going to be playing. So look forward we're to on it. And we can't win. So you can, we can't win. We can't win, but we're looking forward to competing against, against everyone. Yeah. So how bad you beat us. So Yeah, I know. It's going to be bad. I suck at it. <laughs> um, but I'll say at that point, you want to flip over to the NFL chatter? Yeah, let's do some free agency. Yeah, so I, it's funny because I feel like it kind of the fun when we tiptoed around a lot of this stuff. Earlier in the show, we had Mark on talking about some of the deals that went down today. But there's been a few, right? You know, last week, Dak signed with the Cowboys. I feel like it's been a lot of internal stuff, right? Aaron Jones, um, and I'm just like, okay, it's like, I'm excited. You should be. I got the, I got, I got the jersey out. I'm, I'm quite pumped. I don't, I didn't want to get rid of this. You should be. You should be excited. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Uh, but let, all right, let's dive into it real quick. Do you want to? Actually, let's start. Do you want to start with Drew Brees retiring? I mean, that's kind of big news. I mean, yeah. it's one of those things you almost forget to talk about because we all knew he was going to retire. Yeah, I think, and I don't know if you you knew, he retired on the date that he signed with the Saints, so he was there for exactly 
15 years. So no kidding. I guess that was the reasoning. So he probably told internal folks like, Hey, I'm retiring. So do whatever you need to do based around that. But I just want to retire on this date. So it's pretty, pretty cool move. You know, he's been using the league for 20 years and uh, his first five were in, you know, then San Diego. um, And now, and then the last 15 in new Orleans. So not many, not many players can say they played for the same team for that long. Only a handful can, Uh, you know, Hell of a career playing something. No, absolutely. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's funny because I feel like this topic is he's so good that he, he almost triggers the segment of, well, they're going to do a quarterback now. Like, right? Like, that's how good he was. And, and obviously, you can talk all day and night about how much he, you know, did stuff for the community in New Orleans and, and just oh, how yeah. involved he was. Um, and, and as a family man, and right with his, I mean, all you had to do was that video at the end of his career playing with his kids with Tom Brady at the end of that game, right? Like, it's just, it's a dying breed, like right? just that classy, you know, just man of integrity and everything. So it, it just sucks as a football fan to see him go. Yeah, you saw both uh, Philip Rivers and Drew Brees. That's two players that fit exactly what you just said. So it's 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 a gener- it's one generation kind of slowly moving you know, moving away and on to the next phase of their life. And it's crazy. Two people forget that the Chargers basically drafted Philip Rivers to replace Drew Brees. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, and it, it, it is crazy. And he answered by going 12 and four and, you know, taking to the playoffs and then obviously moved on to New Orleans after that. But yeah, really just, you know, awesome. I mean, that could have been Mojo Monday in of itself. Um, but like I said, I'll, real quick to highlight. So some other signings. Was there anything that went on maybe during the show? I actually, I didn't look besides Scrock re-upping with uh, Tampa. I, I didn't see any, but I will say the Patriots are uh, making quite a, uh, quite a splash, you know, looking to try to make some headlines, which, I forget the numbers that I saw. There was a stat out there that said over like X amount of years, the Patriots only spent this much in free agency. And then this year they spent already more than they had spent in the last several years. I forget the exact numbers, but I mean, they went out, you know, they re-signed Cam Newton. I believe it's still a one-year deal, right? So they're keeping him for another year. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, Karen, 13 million a year. I don't know if you saw that. 13 million a year. Yeah. Like what's that mean for Kenny Galladay then? Because originally now Robinson's getting tagged at seventeen, so it's like yeah. So because like originally us Giants fans were like all you know we want Kenny Galladay, which I mean me I still do, but they're like I saw you guys in that group chat yeah throwing around all that. I was having yeah. some fun yeah. But now that but now that Aguilar, I mean nothing against Nelson Aguilar because he had a really good year last year for the Raiders. He's getting thirteen, so now Galladay is going at least one seventeen eighteen, like you said. Allen Robinson getting tagged for that. Which did you see? Allen Robinson said he he doesn't want to play. He he doesn't want to accept the tag. Which I don't know. If that's yeah, possible. so I saw that. So I saw that you know, right that the Bears tagged Allen Robinson. I guess that was last week, and he's pissed. <laughs> Rightfully so. Um, but here's the thing that I keep kind of wandering around. And Joe put the thought in my head the other day at a really good point. He was like, "Yeah, but what happens if they get Russell Wilson?" Yeah, but is that really a thing? Is it? I don't know. Like that. That's see. That's the the smoking gun in all this. I think right. Like that's the that's the first. That's the shoe that's got to drop to start answering some questions. I, I see. I don't know. See, I have a, I have a feeling. Can you you can trade a franchise tag player, right? Like why? I would think. Uh, yes, 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 yes. yes. So maybe they just decided to tag him for the time being, and they're going to use him as trade bait in the draft. You know, not to try to you know. Be clickbait, but there's, there's many different things that can. No, happen. it's really we're more just trying to like figure out because let's go back to Robinson. So you're right. If 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 the Bears don't upgrade significantly, basically they don't get the Sean Watson 
or Russell Wilson, then yeah, I don't I don't know how that plays out. But that's what I kind of realized like to the Bears, like, did you like I get what you, you're doing, but that's why I think some teams just don't use the franchise tax. You know, it's basically like saying, like, you know, uh, let's just be friends with benefits. It's like that's not like that if you walk in with that, it's just like, how does that last? You know, what I mean kind of like it's like it's gonna get messy at some point. I think that's kind of what the Bears, it's like that. Like, I don't know. I I don't know where that ends. With an extension, maybe? That's probably what they said. Look, we just got to hold on to you for now. We're going to make an extension. I, I don't know. I just don't think he's happy in Chicago. I mean, I don't think he I don't think he gels well with Matt Nagy's system on offense. I really Culture. don't. And, and being a guy who had Allen Robinson and a couple other Bears players <laughs> in fantasy, I could tell you. So, yeah, there's that. But, uh, no, and then and the, the Patriots also signed Matt Judon. Matt Judon, uh, Jalen Mills, and Johnny Smith, which I thought was a really great, good one, the Johnny Smith one. But that was four years, $50 million, right? Something like that. Yeah, and I saw, like, what was Shaq Bear resigned with the Bucs. And they always, yep. they, basically, the one thing I've noticed that there's any takeaway I've noticed, let's say, that the NFC is that the, you know, the two teams that were at the end of the road, the Packers and Bucks, right? Like, you're seeing them both kind of stay in their own. Right, like a lot of the guys that we thought were going to leave, like Chris Godwin got franchise tagged mm-hmm. by the Bucs. People are taking pay cuts to stay with the Bucs. Packers on the flip side. Aaron Jones not hitting free agency? Like if you had asked me that last week and said, okay, so now the franchise tag period's over, like is he gone? I'm like, yeah. And you heard what I was talking about. Like, yeah, he's gone. Like, yeah. So I, you know, but the Packers bring him back. He wanted to stay there. A lot of restructuring. So that's the one takeaway I've seen with, with some of these top teams. And, it's, and, the, uh, and the Chiefs did the same thing. I think there was a lot of question marks last week. You know, surrounding them, getting rid of uh, Mitchell Swartz and Eric Fisher, and yeah. you know, right? Like, and, and they they've done a lot of restructuring with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I saw the Packers are going to probably rework a deal with Adams and Darius Smith. So, like, basically, you're seeing a lot of these good teams. It's interesting how I feel like this is. I mean, Grant, that's no secret that teams do this, <laughs> but it's interesting that all these teams are starting to buy in and do it. Yeah, which which is, I mean, honestly, that's how it should be. I think like when's enough enough, in my opinion, and I think it's great to see professional athletes, you know realizing, hey, you know, what's more important, us as a team winning or me making an extra $3 million, you know, when you're already making 15 plus or something crazy. So it's, it's good to see. I feel like when you're actually – it's so hard for me to say that and not actually yeah. be in their shoes. No, I, that's, no, I mean, that's right. my, I'm already playing devil's advocate, but – No, no, and that you're you're exactly right because, you know, I feel like when you make that money, then your lifestyle changes, obviously, so then you would need to make more money. So I completely – yeah, no, I, I, I agree. That's a good point. Um, all right, but that's it. You want to you want to do a little Mojo Monday though? Oh yeah, big big time. Was, was there any other NFL notes? Do you have one other thing? Well, I was just gonna say with Lin- Lindsley signed. With the yeah, Packers. yeah. Oh yeah, of course. I'm like trying like, oh yeah, no, the Packers went. Well, like, I know. No, that's that was, all right. It's funny. They're, they're, the Chargers got a Blaga last year, and you know they took Casey Hayward a few years ago, who's a free agent now. Um, yeah, they're just slowly. They got out. a great center. Yeah, there they do. <laughs> um and and his his mojo is probably up, right? You gotta think. By the way, you yeah. like um. So I, I shuffled it up and went with the new Mojo Monday. Uh, got rid of the ladies. I figured you know Drew Brees retired, so they're probably not celebrating. So went with Michael Jackson to break out the old robot. <laughs> you, you know what should be the Mojo Monday clip, Karen? What's that? Is you dancing with Joyce in the parking lot? Oh in Green Bay. my God! Yes. Yeah, that should be it. I think that might need to be it. Oh my God! All right, yeah, you know where right, we got to move into that one, um, real quick. In the meantime, though, so what would you want to kick us off with yours? Yeah, for sure. So I'll start off with uh, so Justin Thomas won the. So I have two Mojo Mondays. We're gonna get to the Justin Thomas first. So Justin <laughs> Thomas, uh, he won the Players Championship, which in my mind might as well just be 
another major because that's how yeah. important it is. And the reason why I, I have him as the Mojo Monday is because his so he recently lost his grandfather about two or three weeks ago, I believe it was. And anyone knows Justin Thomas, he's a pretty he's very close with his family. His parents are at literally every tournament. His father was a PGA pro that taught Justin, and his grandfather was a PGA pro. They've all they're all they're all golf. It's a golf family. And he lost his grandfather, and you can see he was how emotional he was when he won when they asked him about it. And uh, you know he had, he's had a lot of things going on, and seeing him win is is uh, is, is great. No, that's I I totally agree. I watched that too, especially the end of it, and just to see the the raw emotion on his face and just the way he was going through his last few holes. I mean, it was it was really special to watch. Yeah, he's one of the, I think he's one of the most fierce competitors on on tour. Like he's so competitive. Like you know, he's from Alabama. You know, he's got all that stuff. So like Mad Dog met him in Alabama. Really. Yeah, he was down there for the Bama, I want to see Bama LSU game, and he met him at a bar. Yeah. No way. So he's a really nice guy. Oh, that's incredible. That's so cool. But what about uh, your second one? Yeah, so uh, so my girlfriend, she was on the show, Nina Mazzarelli. Uh, yeah. It's, it's her birthday today, so happy oh, birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Nina. Nina. Yeah, that's right, yep. Damn, I there forgot to bring up a photo. Damn it. That's, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's, right. bad, that's bad production, Karen. Come on. Hey, you want, you want to see her? Go to, go watch her episode where we, where we interviewed her about her basketball career. So. Yes. Yes, there we go. That, and I love that. See, look at that. You're plugging our show, too. In the, in there you, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's funny. I'll, I'll flip it over, and I'll, I'll use one that's personal. My sister Lauren got a dog over oh, the weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah, she adopted um, Tara. So, um, lab mix. Yeah. So they've, uh, they've been having a great time together down, down, down in her apartment. So, um, just give my sister a shout out. Cause I know she's, she's pumped it as, as oh, well. Okay. It's like, a, yeah. Yeah. Nice. There goes a little photo of it. That's awesome. Um, and then I'll flip over real quick into my mojo Monday. And I just thought this was, was great. Um, right. You hear, you know, stuff about mental health and, you know, in sports and, and, and right. It's one of those, I feel like it's that the ground that we've been breaking over the last few years, um, but I just thought it was really, you know, good for the Dodgers and, and um, you know, just in general, I thought it was really cool. Um, so Andrew Toyas was uh, one of the players for them. And basically with some of his mental health issues, they kind of just cut him. But right, basically the way they worked out his contract, they, they basically accounted for that. I just think that was really cool because you'll hear people about, you know, having issues with like, you know, like a season ending injury with this or that. Right. It's like it's always kind of taking care. Oh, well, they're injured. But I think it's it's interesting. And I think it's really special to see, you know, the Dodgers, you know, take that time to, to accommodate my mental health and stuff like that. I think it's just good for in general, just to take their steps forward. So that is my Mojo Monday. Look at that. Mixing it up there a little bit. Well, baseball. I didn't expect the Dodgers to be my Mojo Monday, but you know, there, yeah, there it is. It's a good one. Yeah. And hey, uh, opening days run out that far away either. So pretty excited for that to come up. I know. I'm pumped, dude. And we got a great, so we got Lid, Lydia Peterson coming on. Uh, on Thursday, let me see if I got that graphic pulled up. I think I do. Um, because we had a, this is gonna be a fun week coming up here. So we got obviously March Madness rolling along, and then, like I said, this week we'll have Lydia Peterson. And you're saying, Zach, you know, you're talking about baseball. Would you ever want to know what's going on in the conversation during a replay? Well, Lydia can break it down for us. So she'll come on and she she played Temple basketball, uh, and went through the whole you know, all the fun stuff the girls' team and going through. Um, the tournament and, and everything like that. So she'll talk about, you know, all her cool experiences and we'll break down the bracket. So there'll be a lot of fun. The playing games are on Thursday as well. Um, and to that point, you know, give us a follow. 
Uh, and also, one thing Mark presented for coming on today, that was, it was awesome to have Mark on, and, and, and it was great. Just that's just I love his personality. It's like you picked, and, and you saw how it was just chit chatting with him. It's like seven years. It's like it's like nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just the, the nicest guy. Uh, definitely go check out all our episodes, Spotify and iTunes. You can check out the audio episodes there later on. Um, and then social media, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit at underscore get sidetracked, uh, where we have all sorts of cool announcements. Um, and you can check us out on Twitch, follow, subscribe. But it's funny, speaking of the announcements, I was going to say the big one, Zachary, is the March Madness bracket, which is coming out. Uh, well, it's already out. So at that point, check out all the social media outlets. Um, all our viewers have been great signing up for it. So all you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is totally free. Um, and then we'll have all sorts of cool prizes to join the bracket, including the Bob Knight signed photo, which is just, I love it. I love it, Zach. It's right. I, like, that's like, that like damn it, I wish we could win that. But no, that's, it's for our great, our uh, great viewers. And like I said, real quick, the prize to get, or the entry fee, if you will, even though it's free, just subscribe uh, free. Like I said, on YouTube, just click, just send a screenshot to us. If you know us, you can text it to us, but really, I mean, you know, any of the social media, email, whatever, um, and we'll get you the link hooked up so you can join the bracket. So, yeah, this was, I mean, it, it's it's amazing how, Zach, we're already in, like, mid-March. I feel like the new year just started, but, but yeah, this is a lot of fun, and, you know, we're just rolling along here. Yeah, we are. No, it's uh, big, big things ahead this year, so... Yeah, March Madness is around the corner. This time last year, we were getting no sports, so just thankful for what we have right now. That's that's the thing. I feel like that's the one thing I keep seeing all over the tours. Like, and even my friends like text me, just like, "How great is that we're filling out a bracket?" It really is true. Yeah, oh, so true. It's it's awesome. Awesome. And to that point, what's also going to be awesome is our show on Thursday. So we will see everyone in the living room. Oh, we got oh, look, Lauren chatted in with us to say her on Terrace. I like that. Um, but want to thank everyone for, for checking us out and enjoying the chat tonight. And we want to thank Mark for jumping on with us as well. So like I said, we'll be back in the living room on Thursday at 7 o'clock. We'll have Luke Peterson on talking baseball, talking some college basketball. Obviously, we'll get all the brackets and stuff. I want to hear from you guys. Um, yeah, so we'll see everyone back here in the living room Thursday at 7 o'clock. Cheers, everyone.